oh. realms. Nine. No, no. Age of Sigmar wow. multicast. <laughs> guys, guys, we're really doing this. <laughs> Welcome to the Mortal Realms, an Age of Sigmar multicast. Grab your hammers so we can clear a path through the chaos and forge our own narratives in the Age of Sigmar. Your allies through the Realm Gate this episode are... I'm Davey, and I was born to read the Aetheric Winds. Uh, I'm Aaron, and I often ask myself, what's my age again? And the answer is always the Age of Sigmar. I'm Paul, and I live in the City of Secrets. And I'm Eric, the Realm Master Blaster! In this episode, we'll return to Shyish to talk about our local take on the Age of Sigmar skirmish system, how uh, to really dial up the narrative, narrative elements, and then we'll discuss how the story of the campaign, our, uh, uh, what's it called, Renown and Ruin campaign is coming together from, the, from their perspective, not just mine. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes or search for The Mortal Realms on your favorite podcast app. Uh, leave us a review, or you can watch us on YouTube. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share uh, your comments down below. So if you have anything you want to say at us about this, uh, chat it down below and we'll, we'll respond. So how are you tonight, gentlemen? Great. See, I'm getting more excited every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say fantastic so I can one-up you, and then Dave, oh, you can yes, one-up you. I All right, David, where are you going for it? And fantastic, plus like 10%. So no. uh, This guy? No Unpossible. Resplendent. That's not, I mean, does that even... Where's your thesaurus? Is that yeah, right off just, camera? Just off screen. Can you spell yeah. that? Try, try and spell that. R-E-S-P-L-E-N-D-A-N-T. No, E-N-T, not A-N-T. Like, well, he kind of stirred the last vowel, so it could be whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, Close enough. Speaking of all the commenting thing, I would uh, I would appreciate if uh, we could hear some votes on who has the best intro each time. Right now, I I, I hate to say it, but I'm giving edge to Aaron on this one. But well, I was just gonna say I'm gonna have to start trying. But hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, apparently you don't. You can just keep posting. Posting. Yeah. I thought you were gonna suggest best hair. Oh well, I mean, Paul just got a haircut. It looks like so. <laughs> All of us. I just want to run, run my fingers through it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, um, we're not gonna we're not gonna do any hobby stuff because uh, we're all working on some. We'll talk a little bit about it. Um, I mean, we should actually just a skosh. Just Aaron, can you tell us yeah. about your hobby? How about I, I mean, just I just Aaron. I just and I'm not even gonna say I finished my brutes. I I got to the point that everyone gets to where you can put them on the table and you keep telling yourself they're not done, but you never pick up a brush again to paint, like ever touch them again. Yep. So like in my head, there, there's stuff to do, but it'll yeah. never get done. Yeah. Right. Acceptable. I mean, they're, they're not on double-sided tape anymore. Like this okay. is an event. This is a moment. I'm not even going to recognize them. Yeah. <laughs> Incognito or Hey, who put these painted models on my table? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I steal your wallet. <laughs> would you would you say our uh, our campaign that we're going to talk about tonight has helped you get these guys accomplished? Has yeah, it I'd been a motivator? To, I'd love to have a funny answer, but the answer is just yes. Like period. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yeah. There we go. Didn't want to let you. That is a win. You want to hear something funny? It's because I didn't want to let you guys down. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm really Absurd. lost. Yeah. yeah. So um, since we're not going to do much, because part of it is we kind of want to take a little less time um we're gonna be we want to get dive right into some stuff davy's got to get going here in a little bit um also you know next week not next week sorry next month i'm putting God. a timer on this guys next yeah. month our episode our next episode in a month multicast that yeah. uh, multicast uh is going to be uh the start of the eight lamentations 
Yeah. Right. right. So we're starting to read that. We're getting into that. So next time we're going to have a story one, uh, a, a book. So it might end up being a little bit longer. So this one we're going to try and, you know, keep it down to three hours. Slim it down. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Davey, why don't you uh, jump us in to uh, get started with this? All right. <clears throat> in the community phase, we talk about news and events that are significant to the AOS community. All right, so new stuff. What's What's been happening in the community? Uh, I mean, it's only been three months since we recorded, so probably nothing. Not a whole bunch. No, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of lazy bones. All right, well, I'll get us started. Uh, <laughs> so, so one of the coolest things, I think, to come out that none of us were expecting, um, or totally expecting, I'm sure, somewhere, uh, but Firestorm, uh, the new map campaign system, uh, mm -hmm. came out uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and since our last episode, uh, a way to play, it, it comes with a map, um, nice cardboard fold-out map. It comes with uh, peels. I ripped, I ripped mine already. Ooh. Ooh. Like Did you, you don't even like things. <laughs> Did, do you, does your wife let you play with the board games? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, well, that's a different conversation. Uh, it comes with peels and cool stuff, you know, to stick and, and take off to be able to mark where everybody's territories are. Um, has a really some really cool... Um, uh, army building mechanics that uh, give us, you know, we've got match play with points. We've got uh, path to glory. This gives us a, a, a card draw system. You you uh, build up kind of this deck and you can pull from it. It tells you basically how many either, um, you know, hundreds of wounds or hundreds of uh, points you can use. So really interesting break from what you're used to doing of, of you know, optimizing lists. Um, so it's cool. I think that's going to be really interesting for, for narrative in general. Um, and then it has... Um, I don't know, just some really cool, it's got times of war for all the realms. It's got um, some some rules for having, kind of controlling a space on the map. And you can choose then when you win games to use strategic points to either garrison, garrison create um, altars, do some different things. Um, yeah, and I think what, I've, what I've seen those strategic points, they're, they're somewhat informed by some of the uh, uh, command points, some of the stuff that we've seen in 40K. So what I what I like about it is we're, we're seeing a little back and forth, like... Uh, you know, obviously the new 40k was heavily influenced by Age of Sigmar, but now we're seeing some of the return things. Like some of the things they like, hey, this is working for this game. We could fill into that. So they don't have to be replicas of each other. If something works in one, they can feed it back to the other, and they yeah. can do it in different formats. So it could be instead of entering the core rules, I say, well, let's let's spice it into this campaign system or whatever. So yeah, cool. the stratagems uh, yeah. are you know something you can use during the game. Um, and one of the cool things I like, uh, and I'm excited to try out is there's kind of an opening uh, round where everybody's picking their space on the map, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you've ever played Risk, right, everybody takes a turn putting guys down or any other, you know, game like that uh, where you're kind of staking your claim. Mm -hmm. um, so I could see there being kind of like an opening night uh, draft like there is mm -hmm. in some other games where you get around, you, you order some food, um, you know, and kind of make a night just of getting the, the kicking off the campaign. Right. Um, so that seems like it could be pretty fun. Uh, any other thoughts from you guys on on Firestorm and, and its potential? Um, just if it's um, at risk, it it ruins friendships. So we probably should. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just an excuse. Um, <laughs> this is the flip side of the season of war. Like so, the explanation was we did season of war. Now this is in the realm of fire, and it's co. It's happening at the same time. It's coexisting in the same timeline, and uh, I'm really into the story and narrative that's been generated by that idea. I'm really interesting to me. 
Well, if you're into the narrative, you're on the wrong podcast. What? 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 Yeah. Is this oh, get out? Uh, I thought the coolest thing on it was, uh, and I, I'd heard about it, but then I saw it in person. Was pretty wild by it. Is the uh, the map with the, um, you know, the quote unquote stickers. The peel and uh, stick. Yeah, the peel and stick thing. Like it, just a just a really cool looking, high quality map. A lot of the other campaign systems, you either had to create your own. Or you've had to use, you know, hex tiles like the Mighty Empire is very cool. You still had to paint them up to make them look, you know, the way you wanted. Customizable, which was cool. But this means that anyone uh, just opening up the box, they all of a sudden have a cool map. And that's, you know, when it comes to this campaign, that's the centerpiece, right? Like that's that's what's making this different than, you know, we're just playing some games and, and talking about them. So I, I thought that was a, a savvy move on their part of making that like a real cool aesthetic centerpiece to... The whole system and then adding in so you're really making me feel better about ripping it thanks yeah yeah i mean <laughs> I'm I, surprised you're ripping it. <laughs> I shouldn't have good point i should have asked yeah. you the, Mistake. the last i guess one of the last pieces and, and we've talked about a lot it's been around a lot obviously is the um, different cities each come with uh command abilities as well and the cities are often kind of select mixes of order uh, there's a there is one one kind of warband of chaos, one warband of destruction, one warband of death, um, and then is it seven or eight um, different cities, um, order cities, or something to that effect? And so they, you know, if you like uh, Corridor and Overlords and Stormcast, or if you like Stormcast and and uh, Scourge, um, Privateer, um, or Corsairs, that sort of thing, you can. They're two different cities you can put together. Dispossessed kind of go everywhere. Um, but kind of gives you some extra flavor, some extra feel for the campaign, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing there is like, we, you know, the battle tomes are giving us stories for, if you're having like a, this is, this is a monochromatic army, you know, like this, all this army is overlords. Uh, when people take the mixed chaos or mixed order or mixed destruction, or whatever the case may be, there's, uh, there's not as much established background it exists out there and you see it from place to place but this is a cool way of expanding on that and being like look you know there's ways to have a good story good narrative behind your army even if you're not being like i'm all this one faction i'm purely coming out of a single battle tome uh and so even if you don't take one of these armies that is like the city i think it's a good jumping off point of, of thinking about here's how a mixed order army could have a story behind it here's how a way to unify it so that's one of the things i like about it for the the game going forward um just ways to you know spark further creativity which we're always in favor of here on this multicast <laughs> nice all right so then another um piece of detail um info lowdown data uh this upcoming saturday the 14th of october shadespire comes on pre-order is that correct that is correct pretty sure yeah yeah warhammer well, community has been doing the previews all week i think they're up through um Three warbands worth. They did the uh, um, the sepulchral guard today, and they've also done the reavers and the uh, stormcast warband so far. So, um, as of the release of this tomorrow is when uh, we'll see the the auric warband. Um, so cool to be getting that, and it's the same way they've rolled out some other things, getting some cool previews on it. But yeah, Eric, you're about to ask us what we think about this. Yeah, Something? just gonna in general what you think about it. Um, I'm excited for just more. Shadespire background, obviously our campaign set in Shadespire, so more details in that setting uh, could be cool, or the history. Um, what are you guys thinking about the game as a competitive game, as uh, models? You know, uh, what are you guys thinking? Well, I'm pretty, I, uh, really pretty like jazz, but, oh, go ahead. 
sorry. <laughs> I really like it. I got to play at Akon last year, and it, it was fun. It, it's a different way of playing, uh, but as always with me, the models are amazing, and I'm probably a little bit more excited for the models than I am for the game. Uh, but the fact that I just need to bring a pack of cards and I've got a different game to play, uh, you can play in between or after games, is a lot of excitement for me. Nice. Yeah, I like the idea of a, of a quick hit game where, you know, so uh, pre-order this Saturday, we can have a copy in hand before we head to Holy Havoc so we can bring something to Holy Havoc and, you know, bang out a few games with an hour to spare, you know, in the evening or something like that. I think I think we'll see a fair amount of it going around. You know, I like the idea of a, a game being able to go quick. Uh, it, it gives you a way to experiment with different, you know, like, oh, let me try out this warband or let me try this different strategy with this warband, you know, kind of a kind of a nice quick hit thing as opposed to the long lead time. So um, and then I like it as a as a jumping in point, you know, so let's take the most numerous warband where we know today, which is the Sebulchral Guard, which has seven dudes, you know, one of which you at least one of which is like climbing out of the ground. So like six and a half dudes, you know, <laughs> uh, but it's way you can you can play a game that appears to be pretty easy to learn. Um, maybe it's one of those easy to learn, difficult to master. I don't know. Remains to be seen, but if you want to, uh, get somebody interested in the idea of Age of Sigmar, you can paint up eight guys. Uh, that's two war bands, the Reavers and the Stormcast, And then you've got a, someone who can be like, Oh, these models are cool. What is there, you know, find out more about it. And, uh, it doesn't, it's a way to get somebody to check it out without a huge time money or, anything investment so yeah I think that's pretty i'm excited rad. to play it i think it'll be yeah. you know fast and fun uh it'll be a kind of just a different thing to to wrap your head around and yep. and again play within age of sigmar the realms uh, yep. the mortal realms so um two events obviously that that we always talk about um there's more obviously but these are immediate like these are in the next uh two weeks um realms at war 2017 leviathan have you guys been uh, watching Twitter and I've been seeing some, some I'm loving what I'm seeing okay. as far as like the people bringing their, their, I don't know if a game is even their S tier game, uh, to the, <laughs> uh, goes to 9,000. Yeah, exactly. Like there, there's just going to be some really cool stuff on display, uh, for that. And, uh, the terrain, the armies, all that, that's going to be cool. And I think people having seen it the once, have a feel for like this is this is the idea this is the spirit that this kind of event is looking for so i think those guys uh had an amazing event last year and i can't wait to hear about what they're doing this year mm -hmm. as i said previously why does there have to be an ocean between me and this event mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> great injustices in the world yeah we have to figure out about how to, to import if we can't export <laughs> yeah um, that being said, uh, then also up in a couple of weeks, Holy Havoc number two, yeah. uh, 2017 is, uh, go, um, Davey and I are heading there. Yeah. Um, we're playing, uh, an odd couple, uh, Caradron Overlords and Soul Blight because we okay. can. Soul Flight. Soul Flight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, almost all flyers. Um, yeah. uh, that's going to be kind of fun and cool and interesting and yeah. It'll just be cool hanging out with uh, a bunch of people. See the hobby turned up to eleven, and um, tons of cool armies and that sort of stuff. So sweet bros you, and brodettes. <laughs> what do you What are you most looking forward to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm oh, looking man. forward to uh, actually trying out the Overlords. I I think the first game, you know, skirmish aside, I think the first game I'm going to play. <laughs> is, yeah, it's going to work great. You should listen to all the things I have to say about tactical advice in, in these games. Right? Um, like I literally pair with Davey because he's the tactical one of the two of us. Yeah, yeah. And my endure our enduring memory from last year is like the way I ignored his advice and I, you know, I'm not honestly, I'm not the one bringing this up. I'm I promise you. I'm see. I'm I, not even. I mean, you're just like I, you know. Passive aggressive no, <laughs> <laughs> no. war gamer. Uh, no, I, so I'm looking forward to playing. Um, I, I was I jokingly call this. I started calling this my my uh, annual shame parade because uh, Eric's like hobby is way cooler than mine. And then I'm bringing Overlords, but also Tom from Warhammer Weekly is bringing Overlords. He's got this amazing display board and super cool conversions. I'm I'm very proud. Like some the Overlords I'm bringing are some of the the best painting I've ever done. Um, they're not crazy on conversions, but I've, I really have gone all out as far as like the, you know, the highlighting of the freehand and stuff. It, it's to an extent that I've not done before. So I'm, I'm proud to bring what I'm bringing. However, like the caliber of people in the room is going to, is going to make it a little gross for me to be going around, but I'm looking forward to just playing, playing games for a couple of days um, and not, uh, uh, not having to worry about anything else except, you know, hanging out with people i like and playing some games so i don't know yeah what about you eric what are you looking forward to um you know it's it's the same i mean it's the um, these are all uh, quite a few like-minded people that are into creating cool armies doing a lot of conversions um you know it's kind of for me it's the one that's of all the events it focuses the most on hobby focuses the most on display boards on um story the boards that we're playing on and that's i'm only doing this a couple of times a year so that's really where i want to spend my time and yeah. so uh yeah that's that's what i'm in into you're gonna have about 48 to 60 hours on interrupted davy time so i mean yeah <laughs> that's what we call it it's just yeah. that's what you and i call the it term just came up uh, with it. <laughs> how much of davy time is cuddling time yeah i mean big no, daddy mac no that's cuddling time yeah, I'm sorry. They're the same thing. I got you. No, no, no. <laughs> They're different. Davy time. It's called Davy time. Cuddling time. It's called cuddling time. You know this, Aaron. Don't act. <laughs> that's, that's not. That's no. not what we call it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you can have both at the same time. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they're uh, not. It's not an innuendo. I see. Oh no, yeah. There's a, there's a Venn diagram we can come up <laughs> with here, but we'd be here all day. So let's 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 keep moving on. All right. Um, any <laughs> other uh, community stuff that I missed? I'm sure there's plenty more. Well, there's um, got to be. The last three months, absolutely yep. nothing. No GHB, no anything. No GHB. Oh yeah, no. GHB. oh god, we skipped that whole thing, didn't we? Yeah, we at, were going to do this point. Our hot take on GHB would be like not even lukewarm anymore. Be like, you know, chill. I still haven't sieged. So, yeah, I just I gotta siege. Sometimes I, a man's just gotta siege. Yeah, you're saying you're under siege? Is that what's going on here? No. Ooh. Oh, I get it. <laughs> under siege. <laughs> Um, yes, tell I you what, paint up my dread hold and we can siege whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, I'll work on mine. We'll, we'll combine Aaron's dread hold, my dread hold, uh, and we'll have a siege in 2024. I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd prefer if we, didn't, if we didn't combine them, though. What? <laughs> so 2026 is what I'm just, hearing now. Just aesthetically. You don't want his scenery to touch your scenery? Yeah, please, no. Does it have cooties? Is there Warhammer cooties? Is that a thing? Never, you never make them touch. It's like we, we're a little slap happy tonight. It's like we've never talked before. What's going on here? It's been three months. Yeah, sure. We hung out last week. 
And we're going to talk about that next. It's true. All right, Aaron, why don't you jump us into the story phase? Guys, let me tell you, in the story phase, we delve into the stories, characters, creatures, and environments of the Nine Realms. Whew. All right. So tonight, uh, we're talking uh, um, Renown and Ruin, which is uh, the campaign. Well, it's the campaign setting and some rule add-ons uh, to, to the skirmish rule set. And specifically, we've we've found a name for um, our campaign. It's called the Trail of Fears. Uh, obviously, it's set in Shadespire in the realm of Shyish, and uh, um, I we did some setting of it up of it before. Um, just real quick reminder: Shadespire is a the, it's the remains of a city that had risen to some great um, heights. Um, its ego. Uh, the the ruling class uh, prolonging their life and capturing their own souls into shade glass so that they could continue ruling long past death and Nagash was having none of that. Uh, not only did he smite the city, he he smite smote it into non-existence uh, or a shadow of an existence uh, between realms, uh, the realm of of shadow and light. Um, and so that the the game Shadespire, uh, the competitive game, it takes place in the in that ghostly realm uh, or ghostly city that's, you know, halfway between two realms. Our campaign is happening in the ruins, the remains um, of, of Shadespire. And uh, the setting wise, it's, it's been a, a recent thing and a recent in age of Sigmar could mean a millennium since it's happened. But like the, the amount of people that's actually been able to get in there, it's kind of like the gold rush. Um, we're right at the beginning of that. Some people have come in. Some people know what's kind of know what's going on, or at least, you know, have a have gotten in and, and been around for a couple of weeks, kind of thing. So, um, we want to talk more, though. Uh, that's that's the general setting. Why don't we talk more? Uh, go to each of you guys. Talk about your uh, war band. Your obviously the hero is at the core of that. You can work off of the renown sheets that you've been uh, using uh, to kind of remind you of of some of the things that you've. Uh, written down, which is a nice handy thing to have, if you ask me. I just, some uh, of us have been using them. So why don't we start with, uh, with Davey? Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your warband, your um, hero, and uh, kind of why, why you put this warband together for this campaign. All right. So <clears throat> what I like, uh, there's, there's a cool thing with when you're doing some of these fantasy settings is is figuring out what touchstones you have that you can you can bring it back to. Um, so in this case, Eric's talking about like there's this gold rush mentality, right? So this is just this huge realm of opportunity, you know, perhaps oversold or or whatever is is opening up, uh, and and people are trying to check it out. Well, <clears throat> I've got my I really wanted to be able to do overlords for this. Um, was excited about that book and seemed like you know the perfect way to build up. So. Uh, you know, I, I sat down and what, what's cool about doing a, a pure, purely narrative uh, campaign like this is instead of having to figure out what like, oh, like what's the most competitive, what's the most efficient. I was like, just, you know, pure story, what fits the story we're going for. So uh, I've got a set of uh, Caradron overlords that are coming from the, the Shadow City, Barrack Mornar. And uh, they have been operating, these these guys have been operating in the realm of Death Shyish uh, since the gates of Azir opened, um, so 
really not that long, although at the time it's probably maybe hundred years or something since the gates of his ear opened. So, uh, but still in the, in the realm of things relatively fresh, but they have some experience in the realm of death, uh, which gives them, you know, so they're coming to this with the idea that uh, this is not all hundred percent new. They know how to work with the different factions that are, that are existing, or at least they have some frame of reference. So it's not, it's not brand new to them. Uh, and I'm having it being led by this uh, navigator, um, etheric navigator. He's Croder, uh, and then nicknamed Zaki, which in uh, Dwarvish is you know crazy dude. Croder, uh, Zaki, um, Skyrot is is this guy's name. Uh, and then you know, so I use the the handle Red Zeke a lot of times. So Croder Zaki is like the Dwarvish Red Zeke almost there. Anyway, little nice. little tip of the hat. He used to be. Uh, that's the same name I used for. Um, for a rune lord back in uh eighth edition just decided to import that here anyhow uh so the the canny overlords and the especially canny uh fighters from barrack mornar realizing that the the real wealth here is not the shade glass or what treasures have been found here but uh uh shade spire used to be this huge trading port right like it was this this nexus of um into uh, of uh economy and trade and industry like coming from all these different uh realms and so you could get you know what was left behind or as this now is available again like people can find it again it could become that same uh, a new nexus and if you can control the trade routes into uh into it like the uh the idea of being like you know who controls the the path to it you know controls the city itself so uh, they're coming in the spice in this situation. Yeah. The spice, um, no, who's, who's coming in here. If you can, if you can figure out how to control the routes, then you control all things going forward. So sacrificing some short-term game for, uh, for the long picture is what they're, what they're going for. Anyway, is that, is that the excuse? Uh, for, right? Oh, for why <laughs> I'm not doing well. Is that, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh no so uh so they're coming but uh eric's introduced this idea like that there's something preventing um flyers so i can't just like land a whole bunch of ships in and this is explaining why there's small teams coming in and uh they're trying to not because they're like hey you know we have this idea that it's going to be very advantageous to us if we get in so they're looking for centers of information like centers you know any uh anything that might tell them where the old uh realm gates were or trade routes or anything like that but they don't want to advertise what they're doing so coming in in these small teams so this navigator coming in he's coming in with a uh, arcanaut captain like the initial warband was like three guys a navigator an arcanaut captain and then like a generic arcanaut so my combat power was like basically zero uh but a cool thing about this this sort of campaign is that uh this navigator you look at the model and he's got all these you know things where he can um you know scry the location of something you know with his tools or or uh his his rules on the table let him affect the weather in different ways and so he's been able to do like eric's been able to come up with some rules where these sandstorms he can have some impact on them uh and so it's been it's been cool to like see ways you know it, it's a collaborative thing right so eric comes up with this overarching story i say this is how my guy fits in uh, here's the rules that exist and like let's create you know so like some rules are getting uh, created along the way that uh, help feed this story that we're building anyway 
So the idea is that they're coming in and meeting up all these little teams of, of uh, overlords are trying to infiltrate into the city without drawing attention to themselves and then building up uh, a team that can go in. One additional thing is because they've been operating in the realm of Shyish for a little while, there's also been some people that they've encountered. The Crypt Boys, we'll hear about in a little bit. Um, so Aaron's Aaron's crew are some uh, orcs who've been uh, operating in in uh, or who've been you know marauding. You know, <laughs> operating is too operating. strong. Yeah, yeah. My guys, yeah, <laughs> uh, been rampaging around, uh, and so that's been a cool thing to salt in is like this prior connection and it's been, it's helped to figure out, you know, how does this destruction faction interact with the rest of these order factions? So well, it's more like, how do, how do these order factions interact with the destruction faction? Sure, but I get yeah, what you're saying. Right. Yeah. No, I hear. Yeah. So, and, and before, so just to kind of put that uh, pin in that real quick, um, when, when we started off the campaign, the first um, place everybody met at a crossroads, it just, maybe fate brought them all there. Who knows? Um, and I asked them to come up with the reason um, why they're, they're working together. What, you know, what would, would one person be able to offer another um, war band uh, in order to kind of make this something that's believable? So I kind of chose not to do the work myself mm -hmm. uh, and ask them to do the work. Yeah. Conscious uh, decision, not, not yeah. laziness. Um, and no, not and this is, this is something that's common in some other um, RPGs called bonds. Um, or things, and it's kind of just a way of of having some some reason why somebody might owe you something. So you're kind of in, instead of just saying, "Hey, this is my thing; uh, it's only my thing." You're giving something away to somebody else, and, and vice versa. So that again, it's the credibility to why you're actually. What's the motivation for you guys to be working together? Uh, Aaron, since you were mentioned, why don't you go next? I was mentioned. Um, so you remember how Davy was saying that the actual real value or the real treasure of Shadespire was like the knowledge and the books and the, the roads and stuff? I don't know. I wasn't really listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Unfortunately, he's incorrect. And the actual treasure of Shadespire is the shade glass. Like it, it's just written on the box. Like it's, it's shade glass. Um, so my warband is uh, Tarvis Boriker. And his his <laughs> band of other uh, uh, crypt boy um, crypt boys uh, orcs. So the crypt boys are also native to uh, Shyish. Um, they you know they're black and bone, and their spiel or their their shtick is that um, they you know they fight and they maraud and they you know duke it out. Um, and the, their their goal, I guess, is to um, collect different like bone trophies. I mean trophies in general, but it ends up being bone for the most part because where where they live, and they start adorning the armor with you know different um, bone conquests and, and, and trophies that they've won off of either other orcs or you know the beasts or creatures or denizens of of this particular realm. So uh, Tarvis and his he started off as his his two allies, friends, cousins, they don't really know, they don't really keep track of stuff like that. Um, uh, Morik and Stom uh, are we're, we're basically the best trio um, in, in their local uh, Crip Boys group. Um, they'd beaten everybody that ever challenged them. They, they, they triumphed over every challenge that, that faced them. Um, and they were running out of things to beat up, to put it simply. Might you say they had laid down some sick beats? I, I mean, they might be. Uh, you're I think you're onto something right there. Um, yeah, so uh, they, they'd. <laughs> now I'm just befuddled by that sweet, sweet pun. Um, but yeah, no, they, so 
now they're they're looking for new challenges. They're looking for new um, opportunities to really stand out um, because I mean they've they're just bedecked with with all the trophies that one could possibly carry. But bedazzled? Um, well, no, I mean not quite. I mean wow. it's bone. I mean, Bold. but the shade glass is going to be sparkly. Okay, that's well, more of a bedazzling. You've, you've touched on a, on a on a good point. Um, everybody <laughs> in the Crip Boys, everybody's got bone uh, accoutrements. Um, everybody's got bone trof trophies. They're looking for a way to stand out even further, um, beyond just their 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 martial prowess. Um, so, David mentioned in the past we've had some dealings with uh, his uh, his Schroeder. Um, his, his, his overlords. And I don't know if we ever talked about this, but I'm just working under the assumption that Tarvis heard about um, Shade Spire. I mean, it's it's relatively, I mean, I'm not going to say well-known, but he, he'd heard of it before. But um, talking with the overlords has really um, encouraged him and inspired him to head there himself to try and find the, some repository, some store of Shade Glass. Hopefully he, he can he can beat up some fools to obtain it, um, so that he has you know an appropriately uh, impressive set of trophies to okay fine bedazzle himself so he can come back and really stand out and uh, that's not a thing. Can we can go can thing. Yeah, we can go bejewel. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, that's why not both, huh? A little column, little, little, column a, a, little from column B. <laughs> and so this that's is the bedazzler. This is the yeah. bejeweler. Like I'm so, thinking, but jean, jean jackets with rhinestones. Sure. Oh, yeah. Do I have to model that? I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Oh, we're oh, a rhinestone yeah, cowboy. Appreciate that. I mean, you could probably do it with that uh, pirate uh, zombie guy that you're making. He's kind of got like a jean jacket on. Totally. Spoilers. Yeah, jacket. Spoilers. Um. So, uh, what else? What else? So he's getting there. Why he joined up because he he, he sees Frodar and he he recognizes a certain level of. Um. I don't know, not proficiency, but he, he knows where he's headed. So he's like, all right, I'm going to follow that guy. Uh, and as you found out, their goals are, although lead them the same place, are, are different. So he doesn't have to necessarily fight them. They can have a common cause um, yeah. into the victory should go their own respective spoils. And so uh, he's along he's along for the ride. Um, like I said, he's sort of de defeated any challenge he's come across. So he, he no longer is really necessarily trying to, to prove himself uh, by, you know, uh, like conquering folks that he sees sort of beneath him. So I think that's been a little bit of a theme here is that he's not going out of his way to fight people. He's um, trying to find appropriate challenges to the, the caliber that, you know, he, he thinks of himself as. So this is his deal. Nice. Awesome. Um, and gonna, yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say uh, to kind of uh, jump in with some, some lore again, um, not everybody's heard about it. So the fact that you bumped into, you know, the um, Davies crew and orcs had learned about it, you know, some other orcs might know about it. There's, you know, let's say, let's say like individual heroes in Shadespire, there's maybe a thousand of them, mm -hmm. uh, you know, from across the realms. They've got their own war bands or, or armies or whatever, um, but it's not, this place hasn't been like flooded. And, and there may be more people that know about it, but it takes a long time to get here. Sure. Like just the just the idea that the realms are so vast, so the the time it takes for the secret of Shadespire to get across the realms and for you know uh, adventurers to come come back here. And I think one of the things I said too is you know the this is kind of like a, a, a prospecting town. People from of all different types are coming here, so this is a melting pot. This is a this is something where you you probably wouldn't find the people that are um, just there to go to war. Um, you know, there, there's going to be people of different uh, factions, uh, different al alliances that 
are going to be a little bit more um, reasonable to deal with, I guess. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, you know, they're protective of their their thing is the treasures, right? The things that they're going to find here, not war. Um, maybe it's going to help them later in, in in the bigger scheme of things of alliances uh, fighting chaos or whatever. Uh, interlude, interlude, interlude. All right, Paul. Well, I got to step away real quick. Um, okay. All you listeners, I understand if you want to tune out right now, like the, the best is done and gone. Well, so, Sarah's going to be uh, gone. I mean, yeah, I mean, what are you, well, I mean, Actually, I've been writing down some sweet insults when you leave. So, oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I may have to listen to our own cast to, to absorb them. So, <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah. Ooh, gross. All right. Uh, we'll catch you guys next month for a little bit of the uh, Spear of Shadows, Eight Lamentations. Um, Next time. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Catch cool, you yo. next, time, next time. Yeah. Later, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, Paul, tell us about your uh, war band. All right. Uh, I had a lot of options to choose from. I was kind of inspired by Josh Reynolds' treating of the Corsairs a little bit. Uh, the Scourge Fleet Privateers, uh, also from City of Secrets as well. Um, so I decided I wanted to AOSify an army. So the Corsairs are the ones that got the nod. I thought it'd be fun to, instead of have them in a boat, to have them be able to kind of be able to ambush on land instead. And so the story that I've come up with is that my uh, hero is Lokir. So he's using the Lokir model. He himself is not Lokir, but he knows that that name has power. And he has chosen to adopt that name to try and strike fear into his enemies or his friends, you know, depending on who he's decided to be mean to at the moment. Tarvis so, isn't afraid of you, by the way. Continue. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's a terrible drummer, so, I mean, I'm not going to nope. go out of my way to deal with a drummer, right? Like, no, he's I not. Mean, he's a great drummer. Continue. He's not even the lead singer. I mean, like, maybe if it was the lead singer, I could be like, you know, maybe I can kill the band. But the drummer? Who cares about the drummer? If you're a good enough drummer, it doesn't matter. Continue. So, uh, Lokir, as he calls himself, uh, has acquired a, an astral compass from uh, some Vanguard chapter. Uh, we don't know exactly which. Uh, he also acquired a couple other things from that Vanguard chapter. So he's got a couple ether wings and some griff hounds. Uh, and this particular particular astral compass is actually made out of shade glass. And it's been speaking to him a bit. He just recently realized that it's speaking to him, not just his own brilliant mind, uh, you know, making connections. Um, that's happened through the campaign. So the uh, AOSifying of this army is that they're actually stealing things from the Vanguard army in order to run ambushes as the Realm Reapers, as they were. Uh, so it's uh, a lot of Dark Elves with a little bit of Vanguard uh, sprinkled in as well. So uh, Lokir is my hero. I have six, uh, six of the Scourge Privateer Corsairs. They're not the same six that I started with. Uh, they disappeared mysteriously. Uh, but I he have killed a them. Of what? He killed them. You don't know that. In game, you don't we're not know in, that. We're not in game. They just, they just kind of oh, went away. I mean, I am. I'm in game right now. I mean, they just kind of went away. And now there's six new people that have their cloaks and their weapons and everything that was their personal stuff, you know, for some reason. So, yeah. So that's uh, Lokir and his. Uh, 
handlers, as it were. He's a, he's a bit of a psychopath, a little bit. Now was now was they disappeared because uh, Lokir is weak, and they saw that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so that's a a little bit that's kind of worked into it is that Lokir has a bit of a pathological fear of other people seeing him being weak, uh, which is why he wears the mask. And there was a bit of an episode that happened does, in does one of the games. He wasn't he crying? crying. No, I mean, you can't tell anyway. He's wearing the mask. So, <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Uh, but the, the moment where it changed from this voice that was part of him to a voice that was outside of him that's encouraging him to do these kind of crazy things was a little bit disorienting for him. And he, yeah, let's just say a moment of weakness. And uh, those who witnessed the moment of weakness are no longer a part of this deal. So, yeah, yeah. you know, so he's, he's doing fine. Nobody knows anything different. He's, uh, yeah. he's taking so that, care of business. What's, what's been cool that is, um, you know, uh, Paul threw something out with his character to say, hey, I'd like to have this thing. Um, almost, a, 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 almost a negative, uh, not that there's necessarily some rules there, but it's uh, been able to be a story hook for us. Certainly, it's been a um, way for me to manipulate you mm. uh, to do what I want you to do. <laughs> to say your voice told you to do this, so you do it. No, um, but I mean, it, there's there's some tips um, and tricks and and things throughout the the campaign that's that has I've been used that as an art, uh, as a role play device. Um, uh, but then it's you know also you've been able to use that yourself as kind of a something to play off of and and kind of give give character to their flavor to you know our our role play so mm -hmm. yeah it, it's been a really interesting story of from a possession to something that's possessing him to now something he's aware of that it is a possession and now how does he deal with that um, so. also say that your warband uh, the cheapest infantry uh yeah so you, start, you had the you had the largest numbers Starting yep. off. cheapest hero as well apparently the corsair fleet master yeah um and then uh let's see here um aaron do you have kenny's uh sheet up no but i can one sec but he's the worst i mean why is he even not here yeah he's pretty like, terrible what, what's the deal what's the deal yo don't yo. like that guy at all <laughs> He called you a liar, Aaron. I saw it. Yeah, I mean, I lie sometimes. Nobody who's listening to this cares about that, guys. <laughs> Kenny does. Doesn't he? Doesn't he? Care? Yeah. What do you want to know? So just tell us a little bit about Kenny's warband, uh, another elf uh, faction, but with some some other kind of interesting stuff thrown in. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be the judge of that. Um, so he's got this lore master, um, Am Ampharious. Um, and so, as, as I understand it, he is motivated um, by a desire to prove himself to his father. So he's, you know, an, an elf. Um, I feel like they they are a, a proud or an elf, elf, uh, proud people. Um, so his goal is to bring back um, powerful artifacts and treasure, as I think most people are from uh, Shadespire. So because um, of a, I think he's he's a bastard. So due to some scandal around his, his birth, he was never really fully accepted. And so this is a way for him to, I guess, buy into, you know, his father's good graces um, and sort of both proven himself, but then yeah. also like 
uh, you know, create his own, create wealth. his own legend, bring back some wealth, uh, some, some, tra- some, some, his own wealth, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he's got a kind of motley crew um, along with him. So he's doing a little bit more of a mixed order deal. Um, so he's got a sword master. Who's... So if he has a motley crew, is there also like a drummer that fits into this whole narrative? I mean, quite possibly. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. We should yeah. we should dig into that a little bit. Um, love that, love that. Um, so he's got a, a sword master that's going with him, and I think that's his like his his half brother, and they're they're pretty close. Who's who's trying to help him, um, you know, reach his full potential. Um, but he's also got a glade guard who. Uh, and that's still what they're called, right? Glade Guard, um, who, who's uh, a childhood friend who's joining him, uh, joining him. But then he also has a, a, a butler skink, <laughs> which I don't have a better way to put it. That it is what it is. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know how he got him, but the, the point being is, is he he pulls from this assortment um, from sort of all walks of life. I mean, especially if you're a skink, um, to he, he's a. What's the word? I mean, he's made friends with these folks, and they they believe in his um, abilities. So and so, he's able to pull them together and and lead this group to um, Shadespire. So um, he joins up with us mainly because we're all heading to the same place, and we we proven ourselves um, sort of on the the field of battle. Like so, he has um, you know somebody watching his back uh, in this you know dangerous dangerous setting. So why don't we talk a little bit about um, kind of the story thus far, and then we'll wait till the campaign phase to dig into uh, some of the specific, you know, uh, scenarios and that sort of stuff and and rules. But uh, started off at a crossroads where everybody met together. Um, The crossroads. Kind of the the storm parted and everybody was face to face. Uh, And then... uh, what I what I've done, and um, I'll show the map a little bit later. But I've created a map, and I've asked uh, them to to make decisions on what direction they're going. In this case, they had the option to to enter into Shadespire, either through um, the the Grim Gate, um, which uh, which is held by um, anvils of Heldenhammer, um, Stormhost, um, led by Gloomwing. So this is one you know one of my factions. Uh, one of my armies, which is kind of cool to be able to insert that into. And I, I mean, I like most when you play role play and D and D and that sort of stuff. You put in your own models and stuff you have. I'm, I'm using you know my models and whatever models, and so I'm just kind of inserting them into this story. Uh, they're all they're all getting used. Um, so, uh, so my stormcast um, anvils are kind of holding that gate. They came to um, Shadespire. We're able to take that part. Of gate there might there's other gates into Shadespire that other maybe storm co- stormcast hold them maybe um, chaos holds them you know we don't know that yet um, spoilers so they had to had a chance to well I mean that's you can assume that if there's one gate that's held that there's other gates that are held um, and uh, so they had the choice of either going through the main gate and dealing negotiating with uh, talking to the storm gas storm cast and gaining entrance or finding some other entry entry into the city. Um, so of course being, uh, you know, such anti-establishment, uh, people as the, all of you are, uh, the decision was made to find an alternate route. Um, what was some of your guys' thinking about why you wouldn't want to go and just talk to the storm cast and go through the main gate? I don't like the Stormcast. I kind of have stolen a bunch of stuff from them, and they might not like me. 
So I'm just going to kind of avoid that whole situation. You know, like just not not go to open confrontation yet. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to steal some of their stuff, but, you know, maybe. Yeah, maybe not. Um, or maybe. Uh, so, and not to speak for Davey, but I think um, his, his – Warband's whole sh- deal is that they're trying to get in and out without sort of causing a scene, without drawing attention to themselves. And I reckon walking through the front door is probably contrary to that. And so I'm going I'm to guess why he that's why he wanted to go that direction. And then from Tarvis's perspective, um, he acknowledges that these these uh, dwarves know where they're going and they know what they're doing. And he sort of respects their, I don't know, their nose, like, I suppose. Yeah, well, not, not no, definitely not their authority, but just generally... Um, they seem to be effective at getting into places where they want to go. And he's like, all right, well, again, his sort of, at least at this point, his idea is that he's along for the ride until he can find his shade glass stores. And so if dwarves or dwarves are going that way, he'll go too. You like the K-O-M-O. Yeah. Oh, I don't get it. I, the, the, I think it's a betrayed, honestly. The Caradron Overlord. Modus operandi. Oh, Brandy. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's exactly what he I had to explain it though, so it died. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, but Aaron, don't you feel betrayed though because the KO got into a di- the city a different way? And well, sure, but now I was in the middle of the fight, so like, that's a whole different spiel. We're, we're telling the story linearly, Paul. <laughs> really? Since when? <laughs> so it's never been a thing. The whole the whole campaign's been linear. <laughs> uh, so we're so decided to go a different route. Um, the, the kind of going that way uh, instead of going towards the gate, they kind of went off the main path. Um, yeah, I decided that was the best place to go, and that hit uh, hit them into a bone storm. Um, and this was actually I'm trying to think of which if this was out of um, it, it was, was adapted, I think, from the skirmish um, uh, rule set. Um, but I added a few things. So basically, it's a storm going all around, and like skeletons are materializing out of thin air. Um, it's the, the wind is causing people to kind of have, uh, less movement. And so, um, you guys are just kind of struggling through skeletons were appearing. You're smashing them down. In this case, some of them had trinkets on them. Right. Um, and that was kind of cool. Some of you guys were like, Hey, let's just stay in the storm. Like, a like one of those money, um, boots. <laughs> grabbing, 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 grabbing it all. This is all mine. Yeah. Um, and, and, but you made it through the storm and, and, uh, kind of made it into, uh, a place outside of the wall and the walls, uh, looked like they had some damage, but some odd repair. Um, and there you saw a kind of a, um, what'd you call it? A, a well, a, right. So, but you wouldn't have noticed that first. You noticed a bunch of skeletons. Oh no, the, the, they didn't appear right away. Did they? Um, so just a well that was in the middle, obviously out in this desert or this weight. It wasn't really, it's not desert like sand, but more like, um, wastelands. Yeah. Wastelands and that sort of thing. So, um, and all these ruins of the city, uh, kind of the exterior and there was this well, and you guys were looking to get up towards the wall, try and find a a weakness over there. But there was also some, some rubble and some ruin that, that there could have been, um, a space. Um, this one. And so this one, you kind of, um, searched around for, um, searched around for a space, but as soon as you got close enough to the well, um, skeletons came up out of the earth um, and stood in protection of the of the well. Um, and instead of just going about your business and finding a route in, you decided to go in and kill some more skeletons. It was the right thing to do, right? Like, we had to get to that well. 
Well, not necessarily. It was non-negotiable to me. So that was um, your your. This is one of those places where your um, shade glass, ether compass, um, and the the somebody who's inside of there, whatever entity, um, mm -hmm. spoke to you and kind of told you to go towards it or to find something there. If I if I recall, um, that's correct. And what did you guys what did you guys find at the well? It's a big piece of glass on the top, and there's some chain holding it down, and yeah, there was there's a there was a mess that was made. But what did you find? Uh, was it the lady? Um, the the disembodied spirit of someone's former lover, not mine, but no. you know, someone very closely related to me. So. <laughs> You're so cryptic. Come on. Uh, <laughs> there is there is a woman, a, a Cataphron, which is the name of the um, ruling class that had once lived here, mm -hmm. um, that the, the gash smote. Um, and she was trapped in a piece of shade glass in this well. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, she, had been, she had been trapped there, and you didn't know exactly why, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. You freed her. She spoke oh. to the the being inside of your shade uh, glass compass, uh, mm -hmm. made some connection, and then disappeared. Yeah, there was a bit of a moment there because uh, that wasn't spoken to me. That was spoken at me to something else, and that was the moment of like, oh, crap. The this isn't me being brilliant. This is a problem. There's so uh, somebody else leading what's going on here. So the voice inside your compass became a third party. That's correct. And, and you, you seemed a little crazy to your men, and that's Love why. That. You, um, and so from there, uh, had a little conversation there. Um, she kind of was freed, said thank you, said she would uh, be able to help uh, some other time, and mm -hmm. uh, was you know ran off. And the party had a choice to either go down, could go, you explored down the well, um, but you'd also found one of uh, a secret passage in mm -hmm. one of the ruins uh, that you could take. And it seemed like either one might go to the city. Um, obviously, it's a fantasy RPG, so secret passageways usually go into the Probably city. Probably did, yeah. Um, and so uh, decided to split the party. Which, which is always a great idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the majority of us went through the well, but then um, Hroder and his overlords took the secret passage because... Well yeah. They, they had no desire to go down a, a crummy old so, well. So this was par partially yeah. real quick was because Davy wasn't going to be able to make uh, one of the um, make the next uh, get together, and so we were trying to figure out a way for a reason for him to not be with the group. So mm -hmm. mechanically, that's why it happened. Story wise, they were kind of no nonsense. Hey, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna keep going this way. Well, um, and technically, the majority of us went into the well. But the majority of us did not come out of the well, technically. Sure, true. Because of the kill. Uh, so, yeah, Lokir jumped down into the well and then uh, killed his uh, former crewmates uh, as they jumped down and then disposed of the bodies before anyone else came down. I think... So, you know. Okay. You probably did it, though, story-wise, after you killed all the rats. Probably story wise, right? Because you would have had to, otherwise, otherwise, I would have taken all those models away from you during the fight. 
Uh, no, but so you jumped down in the hole and you'd heard some scratching, some squeaking. Mm -hmm. uh, and we introduced, uh, so we'd had skeletons up to this point. We introduced uh, that there are Skaven in Shadespire. Mm -hmm. um, that there are uh, Skaven everywhere. Oh, man. They're, they're the worst. Um, and so Skaven are we had a battle <laughs> against the Skaven. Um, uh, even ran into a is a Death Runner, mm -hmm. um, which was pretty scary for some of you. Well, um, well, this was this was the first one where I think uh, one of your heroes died, and I think Tarvis was only on maybe a wound left. Sure, and that's all he needs. <laughs> he just needs one beat. Yep. <laughs> um, so. But that was fun playing more of a horde. Um, and what I've been trying to do is is your guys' combined kind of skirmish warband, trying to figure out if I if I need to do equal, less or more, um, mm -hmm. in order to, in order to make it a you know, something that feels like a challenge, right? That you're fighting yeah. something that's um, could could do some, create cause some pain. Yeah. Um, um, so and narratively. Uh, narratively, Lokir had been doing the business as a, as it might be said, the red work up to this point. But as soon as we jumped into this well, the rolling was uh, not so great. And so narratively, I felt like they had to come up with a reason for why this rolling was terrible, <laughs> which led to the uh, the slaughter of the party because obviously hearing the disembodied voice, speaking to him and realizing that he wasn't in control, somebody else was in control led to a bit of a personality issue uh, with uh, Lokir. So he, he disposed of anyone who might have witnessed uh, said issue uh, and uh, has since gone on to recruit replacements. Let's put it that way. Yes. So you guys made it out, uh, and then we, uh, from there, made it to our first place of respite. Uh, so this is a mechanic where uh, the next, you, it's kind of a place in between battles where this is like an encampment, maybe where uh, there's a little bit of law and order, uh, or at the very least, people aren't trying to get in each, other, each other's way. It's um, neutral ground. Uh, and uh, the idea here is that when you get into these places, your warband uh, kind of, you know, you, you find a place to camp. Your, uh, your men and women want a little bit of R&R. &R. They need to go get supplies. They need to go and get food. They need to go and uh, get libations, whatever. And they talk, right? they share stories about what they've just been through. Um, they're meeting a lot of weird people and, and learning things as well. Um, and so um, the better the story, maybe the better information that you can get uh, out of that, out of that space. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and that's where you can recruit. That's where, you know, you can um, add more members to your party or um, maybe find some, quests find some things like that so um you you came upon the, the grim exchange which is the market or the the meeting place the bazaar just inside the gates held by um <coughs> the the anvils of uh Heldenhammer, the gloom wings um and yeah tell me tell us a little bit about what you found there or what your impression was of the grim exchange uh, from tarvis's perspective um I guess specifically, he, he came across another uh, another crip boy, another brute, um, who he he uh, this brute was with 
what was his name? Skiba. Uh, he he was with another band who had also made their way to you know find fame and fortune in Shadespire, and they were uh, beset by all manner of of undead ghouls and you know ghosts and what have you. And he was the only one to make it back alive to this to this place of respite. So. Um, Tarvis, although not super stoked that like he ran away from a fight, is kind of impressed that he was the only one to survive. Um, sort of the, the I don't know, not, not, not the wilds because we're within a city, but the you know the the dangerous uh, terrain here in town. So he recruited him, and and um, the Skibo, having having heard the tales of the, the the sort of the fights and scraps that they've already been through, um, was was happy to join up because he was already impressed by this band, and he he thought that. Uh, they were more impressive than the last group that he was with. So, <laughs> yeah. But other, other than that, Tarvis, um, you know, just gotten a few minor scrapes and you know, uh, you know, the equivalent of bar fights here, um, but nothing major, uh, major. And by no means was he seeking them out. It just so happens that trouble seems to follow him wherever he goes. Right. He's a victim, really. Yeah. Exactly. Well, he's a terrible drummer, so people hate, just want to pick fights with him all the time because they want to play the game. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Hate the set list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we met a couple of other factions. We've got a, a devoted of Sigmar faction um, that's very anti-death, um, vampire, anything uh, you know, sworn to Nagash. Um, they don't, you know, they're you know they're kind of preaching, preaching against uh, Nagash and and those things of death. Um, there was a. Um, obviously, the Stormcast are wandering around, etc. Were there any other? I don't know that I had any other factions around there. Did I? I don't think so. Um, not until some some dead arrived. There were some yeah. uh, fell um, fell ravens uh, and a necromancer. Necromancer, up. yeah. And the de- the devoted were like, "Let's go kill the necromancer." Um, and so they kind of caused a ruckus, uh, bit of a ruckus, bit of a row, as they, as they do. And uh, you guys had it in this one instead of just fighting, you had an option to kind of do you join in, kill some skeletons and and uh, ravens, um, or do you just kind of seek out information? And for the most part, <laughs> I think you guys uh, just kind of uh, stuck around the peripheral, tried to get in position, um, mm-hmm. and that sort I of did- I did defend one of the devoted. The one of the devoted was uh, under attack, uh, and so I did defend him. But mm. there was no out and out uh, conflict, as it were. So that guy owes you, then, is what you're saying? Totally. I mean, like, yeah. who doesn't owe me? Really, I'm I'm kind wow. of amazing. You owe me. I mean, Davey owes me. Agreed. Kenny owes me. Uh, yeah. So I think for the most part, we did not. Um, we didn't throw down as much as we, as we could have, cause we were trying to wait to see uh, how it played out and what, what uh, information we can glean from this I don't know, scenario, this, this setup, because as I understand uh, the necromancer, it was a, it was a shady meeting between himself and the, the mm-hmm. stormcast. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, that, that was definitely uh, a perspective that was, was there is that that was a shady meeting. Well, I wasn't was trying kind of to like. Yeah. There's not really a lot of sun. Well, no. is actually that's a good point. Is is every meeting in Shadespire a shady meeting? Yeah, kind of, right? Okay. No, well, I there is it. a sun, I but it's a it. black sun, so everything's kind of in the shade. So I mean. Yep. Also true. Do? 
Um, um, I wasn't specifically trying to wait it out. I was just completely out of position. So uh, if I could have killed more stuff, I totally would have. Yeah. But, uh, a little out of position. Write that on your okay. tombstone. <laughs> in the wrong position in life, and so in death. <laughs> I can't or deploy if I crap. More stuff, I would have. If I could have. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and so, uh, you know, that was. So that was kind of um, a cool introduction, I think. Well, it's kind of this is, my book. Is, <laughs> look at how awesome I am! Look at my cool, so look at my cool campaign. Um, but it was it was cool having you guys come to kind of the first place where we get this mechanic of respite, where you get to kind of start recruiting things. So it's not like after every game you don't get to recruit, um, only when you hit certain places, and yeah. and you got to kind of choose as a group to go to those places um, and find those places so that you can you know kind of. Um, yeah, have a purpose, have a have a story behind why you're able to recruit. So, um, yeah. uh, and then and then we uh, found a few quests. We found a few things that we what, that your crew needs to do. Uh, Davies, as he mentioned, is uh, looking for the library or some place a repository of knowledge. Um, the library. There's probably a bunch of libraries and places where books or uh, information is kept. Um, but he kind of found a lead on a kind of a general direction. Uh, the devoted had asked uh, to borrow the na the navigator's um, equipment so to help them find and locate um, a vampire's uh, den, his uh, place of, of rest. Um, and instead, uh, Davy kind of wagered some of his renown, uh, bet it oh. on this quest. Uh, so he he took the quest, and if he succeeds, he'll he'll get that much renown. If he uh, doesn't succeed, he'll lose uh, that renown. Uh, and we were joking a little bit later because I think uh, we've had some quests where um, you know uh, we've had some you get more points for killing things. You've had other quests where when he's missed uh, one. Um, He's missed a, a, an event, so he's he's down a little bit on renown. Uh, so this could be a way for him to to kind of jump back up, etc. Um, and you kind of get in a sense of what some of the faction lines are, and they're they're a little blurry. They're not the same as you would expect. Like uh, the devoted, you'd expect the devoted and the and the stormcast to be best buds, um, but you see that the um, the reason the necromancer was meeting with the stormcast is the necromancer came and reinforced the wall some of that weird reinforcement was uh kind of the the necromantic control of bones to seal the the gaps and holes in the wall um and so he was doing some mending so there's some alliances there between uh the gloomwing um anvils and um and uh, a necromancer uh, uh of death so um lines are not are not cut and dry black and white right um mm -hmm. again Everything's a little gray around here. <laughs> I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> um, and now we have played a little bit since then, but I think let's just end the story. Let's share that much of the story. Um, we'll once the the next thing that we're working on again is trying to explore uh, these quests. Um, if you guys like this sort of recap and this sort of uh, thing, let us know below, uh, and we'll we'll do some more of that in the future. Um, we can do it in different forms, et cetera. So if you have ideas, thoughts, um, sorry, if you're on YouTube, leave it below. If you're um, 
listening to us on iTunes, then, you know, reach out on Twitter, um, and, uh, and find any of us and, and, uh, let us know. All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to share about the story so far before we jump into a little bit of the campaign phase? Uh, just, I'm not sure where this fits in, but, um, they switched out the six Corsairs for six new models. Personally, I'm a little intrigued by the idea of necessarily have six Corsairs sitting around waiting for you to... Uh... So my Corsairs were a bit more kitbashy than uh, everybody else's army uh, because in my head, they're basically just cobbled together from people who are willing to work with uh, Loki, as it were. So... So he's um, sort of taking my original uh, rabble and and giving yeah. them cloaks. Pretty much, I mean, like, yeah, you guys are corsairs now. This this will be fine. Well, well, it'll be great. <laughs> nice. Um. All right, then, um, Paul, why don't you uh, lead us into the campaign phase? The campaign phase. In the campaign phase, we explore how the plastic hits the table. Rules, scenarios, new tactics, and narrative campaigns. All right, so, so there's kind of four parts that we want to talk about here, um, and and we'll go through them, you know, what we like, what we what we don't like, etc. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about the skirmish gameplay, the rule set, and how we're liking that. Um, we've adapted it a number of ways. One, because there's it's a multiplayer game, we're using kind of a triumph and treachery um, activation and and kind of a way of playing it out. Um, we are using a map. I'm not sure I can show the map here, but I'll be doing because um, I just the accounts I'm logged into. Um, but I don't know, Aaron, if you could, I don't know if you're able to. Well, we'll worry about it. I'll, I'll be doing another uh, video on kind of the behind the scenes on the um, on the game, another uh, renown and ruin uh, episode. Um, so we're doing a map. We can talk a little bit about that, and then kind of the RPG elements of it, where how we're incorporating role play and, and that sort of thing. Um, I suppose there's a place to talk about any other rules that we are layered over top of it that are, you know, the renown specifically, how we're using the renown and what you guys think about that. So why don't we start with uh, the skirmish gameplay? Um, we've gotten how many games in now? Six? Uh, At least like that. Um, six multiplayer skirmish. Uh, how are you guys feeling about the, the rules and, and the use of the skirmish set? Uh, I, like I think it. it works really well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I remember even before we started doing this, Eric, you and I would would talk about like how one might translate a sort of a and D S sort of RPG and how you, how you could make that live and breathe sort of in a wargaming uh, you know, setting or not even just not the setting, but like in 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 the rule set. And I think the skirmish is a, is a prime example of how one might do that. Um, taking you know, really paring down what you traditionally think of as an army and, and creating a, your own little war band, almost like you have your own D&D group, you know, uh, party unto yourself. I mean, that's almost literally what we're doing here. Um, so because of that, I think the rules reflect it really well and that, that like, accomplishes that goal. Um, and this is something that I've always wanted, like, just conceptually, this is something that I've always wanted to try. So it's great that we, we finally have a rule set that sort of accomplishes that. Um, so I'm, I'm gung-ho. I'm all about it. So you're saying we have a party of parties? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, um, and it's always a party whenever Paul's involved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a party of five too. So you know, hey. Oh, true. 
<laughs> Paul, what are you, what are your impressions of the skirmish rule set? Uh, the skirmish rule set, I think, is especially suited uh, to narrative play. Has to make the charge. Every model has to roll. It actually creates a bit of a narrative that you don't get in a normal uh, Age of Sigmar game for the individual model itself, right? A unit might fail a charge. The unit might not roll well because everything is based on the model itself. Uh, it's actually, I think, allowed us to develop a little bit of the story of how the characters have moved on, right? Like, uh, Aaron, one of your specific orc boys, orc boys, I should say, uh, is not doing too hot and like hasn't succeeded in the things that's been expected of him, right? Stom's like, a pile of garbage, yeah. Exactly. Like, but like, it's him. It's Stom. It's not the unit. Um, and especially for the the way that we've kind of that Erica set up this campaign and the way that we've played it, that adds a huge, nice little air narrative element to it uh, and allows us to define the character a little bit more through the gameplay and just through the dice rolling. So we have some of our own triumphs and losses in just playing the game itself. So I think that's a really cool like uh, narrative and uh, playing mesh, as it were. So Yeah, I've... I've really been enjoying the yeah that each individual model is gets to do its own thing, gets to be its own hero, um, make its own mm -hmm. play. Um, it's interesting because um, knowing you know you got some things that you know movement like anything else movement is really important, and so mm -hmm. you have um, some things that can go really far and make it a long distance, but also. Being in groups uh, is important. Uh, where, mm -hmm. when um, any one of you have had uh, a model that's straight off beyond the warband, and even like um, specifically Davies, if he's kind of stranded behind because he's not as fast uh, as other ones, also his models don't have as high a movement. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got it. Um, and uh, so it's it's been like you know some you know oh shit moments. Um, because, uh, you know, he's without other heavy hitting. Um, and so that, you know, making sure that you, you're kind of in groups that you kind of have each other's backs so that you can put multiple attacks because one skeleton, one, really one of anything that only has one attack doesn't seem to, to, to hit the odds, <laughs> you know, it always seems like you're rolling low and you're missing a ton. Um, compared to being able to roll a bunch of dice and you get, you know, some hits out of that. Um, and so staying together gives you a little bit more, you know, better chance of taking on the bad guy um, and mm. that sort of thing. Um, I, I've I think say, it's also, go ahead. Sorry. I think it's also interesting that like uh, Aaron and Davey have chosen to stick with the sub faction. Um, whereas the rules for skirmish do not require that and don't give you any benefit for that. Whereas uh, Kenny and I have, what? I said the rules of Aaron do. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of rules of Aaron that uh, might not apply to the rest of the players in this group. It's like but... the rules of one. <laughs> uh, but uh, Kenny one. and I, on the opposite side, have decided to spread out to the Grand Alliance uh, in general. So that's been an interesting um, thing in the skirmish rule set that some of us are exploring and some of us aren't. Um, that's also added to the narrative a bit. How has it been as far as, um, I mean, we've been playing four by four boards. Uh, we've mm -hmm. been playing uh, with the, um, 
you know, a lot of terrain and that sort of stuff. Uh, it, it works really well with a, a, a load of terrain on the table and creating, I mean, whole cities and, or parts of cities and, and stuff like that. Um, that's what I really like about it too, is that like you're down to alleyways and, you know, little cutoff points and, you know, you can have them running, you know, one can run around this side of the building. One can, you know, a model can run around that side of the building and do, do pincer moves. What? Right. Um, so I think, I mean, I, I love how it, it looks on the, <clears throat> looks on the, on the table. Um, I think it's hard. You know, one of the things, uh, was hearing, um, yeah. uh, six dice skills talking about was it's hard to film that, right? It's, it's not easy to film because you've got, you know, from a, a top down view, it's hard to see who's what, right. You don't have, mm -hmm masses of things to create that are easy easily identifiable um but down on the table down at eye level uh it's it's just feels quite a bit alive you know uh, and yeah. i think that really adds to the narrative as well um there's well, and uh, one of the interesting things good sorry uh, one of the interesting things is that um we as players have created our own war bands but you have also taken on that um as the the dungeon master as it well as it were right like you are using the realm combined master renown, realm the realm master. Master, sorry. the combined uh renown to form your forces but you're also using the skirmish rules for their forces which is uh like it's, it's definitely a choice right you could just be like well this unit of skeletons is going to move forward and i'm going to swamp you right which would be more of a i don't know like a nameless you know, movement or a, like a shambling horde, as it were. But since you are also using those skirmish rules as well, moving individual models, it, it makes for an interesting. Um, I don't know exactly what word I would use, but like difference, right? As opposed to playing, as it were, you playing an AOS subfaction and us playing warbands, mm. it feels a little bit more disjointed because you're rolling for every model every time. Yep. instead of being more of this like faceless horror that's just approaching us yeah well, uh, and, it, and it does yeah well Go let's ahead. talk a little bit about that because we're using the triumph and treachery rules um, yep. and you know so yeah you guys have let's say you have 100 uh renown of models i might bring to the table 75 100 or 120 I, I might go above below or whatever and i'm trying to figure that out i mean my experience in playing uh you know 2000 point armies if I play one 2,000 point army against two people playing 1,000 armies, uh, 1,000 points each, I feel like I'm at an advantage because all my models are, are more working in more harmony because I've got a strategy that I'm working with all of them. Whereas the two people are trying to figure out how to help each other and they can't necessarily. Right. Mm -hmm. And two, two armies of two different factions aren't going to synergize the same way of one army of one faction is. Um, and so in the same kind of way, if I'm playing a horde of, of, of Skaven, right, um, I, you know, they all synergize together. In my opinion, that if I played the same point level, that I, my concern is that I would overpower you. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but you could always pull, put your, pull your foot off the gas, though, too, I guess. And well, we, we and don't so, need to get into it. But. Yeah. Well, and, and that's one of the ways is to pull my feet off the gas is to lower the point level, right? Uh, to take fewer points um, in one of the games um, I had you know, with the skeletons in the storm, they were coming on certain rolls. So they weren't 
-hmm. Like you're only dealing with them sometimes. So that was a, a real low uh, comparison. Uh, with the Skaven, they came in in waves. So mm -hmm. you never had to face the entire you know, warband at one time, yep. at one go. Um, and then there's some scenarios where you didn't even have to, where the, the combined um, other models on the table may or may not have been enemies, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on what you did, you could have upset the Stormcast or upset the Death or upset the Devoted, mm -hmm. right? Well, um, because you've used the skirmish rules, it's also meant when you charge into combat. I'm fighting my combat. And Aaron's fighting his combat, and like our combats don't actually have an effect on each other, except when it comes to rolling bravery. So it's the number of models that are killed, and that affects the bravery of the whole force, as opposed to simply the bravery of the unit. So it, it like it allows us to be able to have our own narrative, and play our own narrative, while still cooperating, you know, cooperating as a whole, in each battle. Uh, which is like definitely a choice, and it's an interesting narrative choice because I don't have to participate in order for you to not lose. I can just simply sit and defend myself, which is you know what Loki would probably be really good at, and more figuring out what I want to do. And so we're that allows us to have more individualized goals, as opposed to if you were facing this like numberless horde, you would have to cooperate in order to actually defeat it, right? Sure. So um, it's an interesting choice. The so the way we're deciding so to be clear on what triumph and treachery uh, rules for this means is that um, every round, uh, battle round, mm -hmm. we roll off all. F there's four players and myself playing the the um, the an uh, antagonist, um, and so we roll. Everybody rolls a dice, uh, and the highest one picks who gets to go first mm -hmm. or who gets to go next. Uh, and so then that person gets to go, and that person has control uh, over, they have a hero phase, a movement phase, a shooting phase, uh, and then a combat phase. And in the combat phase, that person picks the order. So uh, if there are multiple players or my or um, you know NPCs in combat, whoever's turn it is gets to determine the order in which that rotates, right? Well, and then, I'll clarify, sorry, something specific about Triumph and Treachery that is in the rules now that we're not using. So that in Triumph and Treachery, you designate a specific force as your enemy, and you fight and your enemy fights, but only if you're together. Uh, and yeah, and I'll say that, so that was um, in the current, so in the previous Triumph and Treachery rules, GHB um, 1, yep. that was the, the, the rules that, that came out with that. And so this was pre-2017 uh, when we started mm -hmm. uh, playing this. And so... Uh, we haven't, yeah, we haven't done that where we've des designated an enemy yet. Um, so it's mostly we've been just using the, you know, how to how to do priority with multiplayers, right? How do we yep. um, do that role, et cetera? And so in the combat phase, then they determine an order, and we go through that whole order for that combat phase, et cetera. Um, the Davey wanted was excited to talk a little bit about that because what we've talked about a little bit was what happens is that you know death gets. You know, or the 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 antagonists, the NPCs get an activation, and then there's four other activations mm -hmm. in which uh, you guys get to do what you want to do, um, which just means that when it comes to combat, the the um, the the NPCs are at a disadvantage uh, mm -hmm. because for four out of the five rounds, they're going to go. Uh, last, 
right? Yep. Uh, and so that means that, you know, and, and in combat, you want to be able to swing first, be use your most, uh, you know, healthy unit to attack uh, another healthy unit or whatever it is you want to, you know, take advantage of. So there's, there's only one round in which the death has the opportunity to choose uh, which, you know, the co- order of combats and, and to take advantage. So mm-hmm. he, we've talked a little bit about changing that up a little bit. Um, maybe since I've got the, if I've got the same points as you guys do, you know, maybe I have four activations or maybe I have two activations or something that um, not that everything would go, but maybe I split the army in half mm-hmm. and I can, you know, I can activate this one or that one. So, um, so so we've got to experiment with that a little bit um but yeah i think it could be interesting to introduce some triumphant more triumphant treachery with the uh, ghb 2017 um and that's something that we can talk about too is you know some of the those other rules um some of the backstabbing etc which would be really fun uh to have you guys kind of working together but also you know i want there to be some competition between you guys um Mm -hmm. So this could, that could be an interesting way to do that. Uh, I'd just say a specific drummer should probably watch his back. That's all. Yeah. I'll just say that there, there'll be no competition whatsoever. So. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. You can see how awkward this gets sometimes. Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's one of the, you know, another cool thing is you guys have created some good rivalries, et cetera. Um, um, Let's move on to the map. Now, I'm not, it's kind of boring. I'm not going to show the map, so we'll be brief. We've got a hex map, basically shows different sections of the city. And you guys, it's it's being revealed to you as you explore it. Um, oh, is that what I'm seeing? I'm you seeing mean this hex Look that at X-Man. that. Nice. Can you blow that up? I'm trying. There's a plus. On the I see it. Oh. Can you fix plus this right on you? Yeah. yeah. I got it. Um, so what we've gone through, this is kind of the places that they've they've explored so far. Um, the dust crossroads, as I mentioned, uh, going through the storm and then to hitting the well. Um, now this storm could appear in different places. So you know if they decide to go back out uh, outside the wall and and uh, I could bring that storm back out the well. Yep, um, and that brought them into the gum exchange. So if they wanted to get back outside through that well maybe they could um etc um and then there's they've they've chosen to now go um from the grim exchange to the southeast and what's nice about a hex map is that there isn't it's kind of a meandering southeast or southwest or or northwest or northeast or west or east like north south are really the only (laughs) like straightforward uh cardinal directions everything else is kind of a meander um so um yeah uh the map is kind of just revealing as you go i've got a master map that has more information on it um to give me some ideas of where some what they might run into um what you know or what it could be so uh, some randomization the thing i haven't done with you guys yet and why I want to is I want to kind of have you guys name them um, or maybe come up with some way in which you guys are participating in kind of building the world. Um, if you're interested, that is. Except Paul. I feel like sure. Paul would abuse it. Uh, what? He'd, probably, he'd, probably, he'd be like, 
Lokir's this that like he'd name it after his character all the time. Oh, you you beat me to it. That was the joke I was gonna make. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's true, it's true, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> I basically have rescued the party time after time after time. So you know, Und- indisputable. Yeah, it is. No question. Uh, I mean, I killed so, my yeah. own, but everybody else, I would kill anybody there. <laughs> But this is how I, I um, kind of uh, shape the encounters. So if you if you go if you go south, if you go west, uh, so from the Grim Exchange number twenty three, if they go to twenty four, oh, there, ooh, that's prettier. If they go mm-hmm. to twenty two, or if they go down to thirty two, they're going to get a different experience. We're going to tell a different part of the story. There's going to be a different enemy uh, for them to fight. It's going to be a different scenario. I don't have them all planned out um, in advance, but it gives me I have some ideas of what's where. Um, so, um, lots and lots of possibilities. Oh, what are you guys thinking? Are you guys looking at the map much? Is the map, is the map interesting? I think it's going to be more interesting as, as we, uh, progress. Um, well, thanks Captain Obvious. Well, yeah, well, no, no, it's, 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 it feels <laughs> <out>. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> as, as there's more things to look at, there'll be more things to look at. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, I'll, I'll see you guys later. Catch you on the phone. <laughs> Uh, all right so that's that's the map uh so we're using that as a way of kind of moving around things there could be some opportunity down the road for um so like i said this the stormcast kind of own a certain area of this they control it um Mm -hmm. that could be a definable characteristic and there could be some things that allow Ooh, how do i stop uh (laughs) that allow the you guys, your war bands or something to control certain areas or something, or, or weaken somebody else's control over an area. That could be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, lastly, I guess, is the RPG elements. Um, the, the thing that stands out the most to me as far as RPGs, obviously the kind of back and forth that you guys give to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, while, while you're fighting, you can, you know, you make jokes about, you know, the drumming or, or about, uh, when you're making decisions, um, who's kind of backing who kind of stuff. Um, and then when we were at the, the, really the respite, the places of respite, um, are another opportunity for us to kind of just talk through, like, what would your character do? What would your warband do? What are you looking for? Who would you ask? Who would you talk to? And there's NPCs and, um, kind of, uh, uh, um, Kenny had a, kind of a question um, that I helped him with. He was like, okay, my guy, his motivation is he wants to find the coolest loot. You know, we needed somebody in the group who just wants to find the coolest loot. Uh, and so he asked um, around town and I was able to just say that, you know, you got a bunch of different answers, right? You got a bunch of different things and sifting through that, maybe two things seem like there's some credibility um, from different accounts. Uh, and so that gave me just open up the opportunity to, to give a couple of uh, quest points. Um, and one of the things I'd forgotten to do uh, <laughs> at one point, I gave Davy, Davy had a quest that he wanted, something he wanted to pursue, and he gained a quest. And I put them both in the same direction. Um, sure. Partially, they, they kind of exist in the same direction, but not in the same place. Um, but I was like, well, there really wasn't any choice in there, right? There's no choice for the group to go southeast or southwest or east or west like the group is not does not there's no point of division where they a choice is being made everyone's just well davy has these quests so let's go that way 
you know, kind of thing. You're uh, a benevolent so, game master. Uh, well, so then I, I, so I had to create that kind of retroactively that there's these other choices. Uh, and mm -hmm. so that the, after whatever point you guys get back to uh, the Grim Exchange or finished with uh, this uh, part of the campaign, uh, you have a choice now and you'll probably pick up other choices. Do you want to pursue this or that or this other thing? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, to me, that's really at the heart of role-playing too, is is you guys are allowed to make choices. Yeah. Um, what are you guys thinking about the, you know, how much we've, how much RP role-play we've been able to interject into this? Too much, too little, um, ways that we can change it up or that sort of thing? Any thoughts? Well, I did have a thought. Uh, it's not quite an answer to that question, but uh, just the way that you've set up the tables, right? You have a specific uh, idea in mind of the, the role that the city itself plays in our adventures, right? So it's not like, oh, we've got these five pieces of terrain and we're just setting them up in a different thing and being like, this is what it is, or this is what it is. Like you're actually creating a setting itself on the table itself, um, which to me always adds a lot more to the character of the game and a lot more to the character of uh, our heroes, right? Because I'm not just going to go walk into this building that we've played with five other games. I'm going to go into this specific tavern. I'm going to go into this specific wall. Like we're going to fight in this specific place. And instead of just being like a, oh, I'm going to tell you what this place is like. You're like, no, I'm going to create this on the table with what we have. Right. Um, and so that's been a real nice uh, addition, right. To the role playing itself, because for me being able to visualize it, is never as good as being able to see it. Uh, and I have and, to, I have to play with that a little bit. You know, we have X amount of terrain um, yeah. and it, it, it does have to serve dual purposes. And so I have to kind of say, okay, this isn't necessarily what you're seeing. It's, it's more than, or here's what's around it. Or, you know, I can't, I can't model in, in a few weeks, everything that would be unique to that setting, that part, mm -hmm. that space on the board. And so we, we start with what we have and then we use story to, to and, and words to build upon it in imagination. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Aaron, um, you, you, yeah, what you, you and I have been talking a bit, a bit about this. So, you know, is this have what? Yeah, no, I think, I think we've probably hit a sweet spot um, in terms of how much RP we're dealing with because um, it's, it's enough that it is very much, you know, reminiscent of the different like RPG um, campaigns that I've, I've run before. Um, but at the same time, it, it's not so overbearing that we're losing out on some of the unique opportunities that playing like a war game or, you know, a, a, a sort of pared down pseudo war game. Um, uh, we're not we're not losing the, the opportunity to, you know, sort of integrate that into what we're doing, because I feel like that could could have been lost. But I, I like the fact that we're still being fairly, I don't want to say rules heavy, because that, that would bog you down too in a different way. But um, we're, we're sort of adhering to the, the, the game, the game part of the game. But... Um, covering it in sort of a complete um, narrative uh, wash. I guess I'm looking at my paints, which is why I mm -hmm. think that, um, but, and, and that is just a, a unique way to go about it. Even the most narrative events um, doesn't offer this many decisions or opportunity to like, I don't know, sort of use your, your, your models as a stand-in for your, yourself. Um, and I, I've, I've always been looking, like, again, I said it, said it earlier, but I've always sort of been looking for so this, this opportunity or this type of um, game. So I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm loving it. Well, and what I would add to that is because we are using the scrimmage rule set and we are using the triumph and treachery rule set, right? 
there's a lot of dead time in there for most players, right? Because when Aaron's playing his turn, I'm doing nothing until maybe yeah. I'm in a combat, right? Plus, I don't know the rules, so it takes me forever. Well, and the, the thing is, you've also put on this restriction of you can't speak unless it's your turn. Well, right? I a little bit. Like, uh, it's easy, uh, like, strategy, it's, it's easy character. to get talking, talking about other things while you're just hanging out and shooting the breeze. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there's certainly a little bit of just like trying to get everybody zoomed in, focused in. I mean, every yeah. gaming group when you're doing whether you're D and D or or playing a multiplayer game, it gets into that. Um, so it's not a strict rule, but certainly uh, uh, you know something I've had to enforce once or twice. Guys, he, he beats yeah. us. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Shoot, I'm shutting it down. I'm shutting this down. But what, what I was saying is that it allows us to have that space of dead time to think about what it is that our character would actually be doing, right? So instead of having to react and be like, I think this is what my character would be doing, right? You have three, four, five turns to think about what would my character actually be doing before you actually have to make the decision of what would my character actually be doing, yeah. right? And that's a, like, to me, that's actually a really valuable tool instead of being like, I'm gonna kill this thing because somebody else is trying to kill it and it should be dead. Being like, wait, no, would my character actually do that? And why would my character actually do that? And how do I actually make sense of that? Like, I mean, Aaron, you've done that quite a bit of being like, I want these guys to do this, but I'm going to do this because, you know, this is what I think this guy would do. And what it also has done is it's kind of narrowed our focus. So we have role playing with all of our models, but the role playing itself has been kind of focused on our heroes. And a lot of our hero's judgment of what everybody else in the warband is doing, right? Like, Aaron, you specifically talked about that. I've used that and, like, um, created that as part of my story. And uh, also, I feel like Davey has kind of done that as well, right? Like, you know, uh, and Kenny even, you know, like, created part of his story and the the stupid skink butler, right, like, has become an important thing. Like, even before he bought him in-game, the skink butler was following him around. It just actually became a thing he could use when he gained enough renown to add it to his force. And so while we are playing with a skirmish force, we're really defining the character of our hero and clarifying it and like, you know, figuring out exactly what that hero means. And we're using these other models as an extension of their will, which is a really interesting way of playing a character that I've never done before. Yeah. Um, what else has been cool? So from from the realm master position, and I, I this is advice that comes from any uh, role playing game. You know, there's you know, Dungeons and Dragons has a, it has a resurgence in the last um, you know couple of years since the la- launch of Five E, and I mean, there's tons of advice out there for you know being a dungeon master. Um, and one of the things that has always stuck with me, which is really good for me, is don't over prepare. Um, now with I'll say this last game was probably the least prepared I've been. <laughs> we didn't cover that game um, necessarily, so we'll we'll talk about that next time if if uh, you all deem it. Um, but being able to come with a you know a kind of a loose idea of what you want to do because um, or or things that could happen because the players uh, might make some t- decisions. Now I try and have them make those decisions 
at the end of a session so I know what's going to happen, what I can plan for for the next session. Um, but also, you know, so we had, you know, some of those things are happening on the fly and there's some things that are happening narratively and, and role play wise that don't have mechanics yet until they're just cool to say, hey, this happened or that happened. Um, so yeah, Tarvis destroyed a statue in, in the last um, event, and now now he <laughs> no has a, now he has a curse. Um, no regrets. And we have to figure out. I have no idea what that curse is going to be yet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly how I'm going to mess with with Tarvis uh, and what kind of fun that's going to bring. Um, but there will be some mechanic and some rule. There will be a curse. There, there will be a curse. <laughs> um, and you know. <laughs> There's nothing in in Shadespire or Skirmish or anything that says you know uh, this happens when you destroy a statue. Um, so we'll just have to figure out you know how to play it along. But it's another opportunity to just tell a story um, and and have something that now the you know Tarvis. Anytime you're playing with Tarvis, this is a part of his his experience, right? Yeah. Um, and your experience. So um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to add before we, we close out the, the episode? Obviously, we'll have a chance to talk about this more. I'm going to do an, another episode, uh, just a standalone, talk, you know, going behind the screen kind of thing. Um, anything else you guys want to share about your experience so far? Um, other than that, I'm uh, like I said before, I'm really enjoying it. So, hey, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And especially having five people all around playing and being able to play the same game. Uh, that's been a lot of fun. Um, and it's cool. I think I uh, put out a poll a couple of times where I've like, hey guys, next time we get together, do you want to do Firestorm or do you want to play some Traffic Treachery or do you want to do you know XYZ? And every every time you're like, <laughs> let's keep the campaign going. Uh, yep. So obviously I feel very uh, heartened uh, that you guys enjoy it that much. Um, and uh, hopefully I, after, you know, with you guys playtesting and, and helping me work through some of these kinks, um, I can put out uh, a few things that other people could use to to do this uh, with their gaming group, et cetera. So um, thank you guys for being great players. Might you say you feel celestially vindicated? Exactly that. <laughs> it's exactly right. I do. Exactly. Since following these puns tonight. <laughs> All right. On that note, it is time for our reforging. Like and subscribe uh, our YouTube channel. Comment below. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, call out. Um, uh, you can find me at Stone Monk Gamer on Twitter or the at the Mortal or at Mortal Realms um, uh, on on Twitter. Uh, where can we find you guys on Twitter? Well, you can find Davy at Red Zeke. There you go. You can find me Red underscore Zeke at Red underscore Zeke. Thank you. Uh, me at PJ Shard. Kenny, he's the worst. I don't think he even has a Twitter yeah, handle. No, Twitter. no uh, you can find me at uh, at a bowler. I think. Man, I really need to come up yeah. with like a cool like nickname. You should just wear a bowler hat in your profile picture and be like a bowler. No, I said, I said, I said, cool. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, give us a like, a subscribe on iTunes, uh, and that would go a long way of helping other people find us. Uh, find the show and dive into Age of Sigmar stories all the way from the beginning and now in the multicast. Um, and lastly, if you want to support the show, we have Mortal Realm status tokens available as a free do-it-yourself printable download. Or for $15 US plus shipping, you can have 60 full-color, high-quality laser-cut tokens 
to help you keep track of the synergies on your battlefield. Uh, the link will be in the show notes uh, and the comments below. So thank you guys, and we'll thank see you, you soon.